0: Okay, title of my message this morning is Forgiveness and Fellowship are One. What I want to do for the next few weeks is I want to do a series of hot-button topics, okay? And uh, so I started off with a simple one this morning. But we'll get into some controversial things and that we will show you biblically what the truth is about. Them. And so I'm looking forward to being able to do that. You know, I... I think, I remember a long time ago, Carol and I, we had about five, six seniors that uh, they graduated, and we had them over to our house, the parsonage there, and uh, no, it was at our house, actually, at that time, and uh, Carol fixed lasagna and some things, real nice Italian dinner, and we had them over, and I remember this one in particular. Uh, he's a great kid, and uh, he said he had gone to camp uh and, While he was at camp, I believe it was the wilds back in those days. And at camp, he said that if he's not Lord of everything, he's not Lord of your life. And they said it has to be 100%. It has to be 100% in your life or you're not right. And uh, he said that I couldn't maintain that all the time, the 100%. And he said, so what's the use? And he kind of gives up in his Christian walk you know sometimes somebody's at 50 percent and we're trying to help him to get to 60 percent and we're glad they made the 60 percent amen uh we're not perfect individual people we're human and so we take a person where they are and say okay how can we help them take the next step let alone going all the way to 100 percent lots of luck on that one amen I uh I also think it's the same way about confession. I think, uh, you know, uh, you get down on your knees and you confess your sins, you know, and then you feel good and clean, and then just a couple of days later, you commit the same sin. And uh, you begin to feel guilty about it, so you get down on your knees again. And, you know, you ask God to cleanse you and forgive you of your sins, And so on, and so you get back up, you feel clean, and you can go throughout that day, and then all of a sudden, you're committing another sin. And so you begin to feel guilty then. And you go through this process, it's over and over and over all the time that you can come to a point, well, what in the world is the use of it? I mean, I just can't do this 100% all the time. And it makes you feel like you're a failure a lot of times, doesn't it? What I, this message, I hope will help you this morning. Forgiveness and fellowship are one. Ephesians 4.32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You see in that verse there, the word hath that means past tense. That means it's a completed action. It's all done. And when God saved you, he forgave you of all your sin. All your sin is forgiven. That's done. Now, why did God do that? It's stated in that verse, even as God for Christ's sake, the father, because of his son's sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection, because of that, he's lifted his son up seated on the right hand, giving him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. He, he, Jesus Christ is the Lord. And let me just say, the Father, he was excited about the sacrifice of his Son for us. Now when we're saved from that point on, God will never review our sins again. Forgiveness is so complete, he doesn't ever bring them up again to even consider. Ever. He'll never do that. When we were saved, God will never seek more satisfaction ever again for our sins. He's already been satisfied in what his son has accomplished. Amen? (laughs) God will never punish what he's already punished and forgiven once. Jesus Christ stood in our place and dealt with all of our sin and he was successful. (laughs) He died on a cross, shed his blood, was buried, rose from the grave. He's alive. He's successful. The moment we put our faith in Christ, believe in the gospel of grace, it's at that moment we were freely forgiven, freely. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then we were fully forgiven. We were forgiven from all of our sin, all of our past sin, all of our present sins, and all of our future sins we ever might commit. We were forgiven totally of all of our sins. We were everlastingly forgiven. It's forever. It's eternal. Eternal life he gives us at that moment, by the way, wouldn't be eternal if it could stop along the way, could it? No, so it's forever. And then we've been irreversibly forgiven. Once in Christ, always in Christ. And your position in Christ never changes. And then we've been personally forgiven it's not the fact that he died for mankind but he died for me he died for you individually and so we've been personally forgiven and you put all those things together we've been forgiven people amen romans three twenty four says this being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus titus 1 2 in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 13, in whom ye also trusted Christ, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you heard, you believed. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. God has sealed him in us for how long? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. In other words, when he seals the Spirit of God inside of you, it guarantees final destination until we are redeemed and get to go up to be with the Lord. God has done all of that. Now, understand... We're complete in Christ. Amen? Complete in Christ, secure in Christ. Romans eight thirty. one of my favorite verses. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And them whom he justified, them he is also glorified. You and I one day, God called us, talked to our heart, showed us the finished work of Christ. And when we believe we were made right with God, we were justified at that very moment. But already in the mind and plan and purpose and decree of God, those who believe and are justified will be glorified one day. That means one day our bodies will be transformed from corruptible to incorruptible. That's God's promise to each child of god now think about that we are complete because we're in him having all of our sins forgiven our past present future there is no sin then that can interrupt our salvation nothing can can obscure it or fracture it or not we're secure in christ but also Since we're always in God's sight, righteous, by always being in Christ, our fellowship with God is also always intact. And that's where people get, what, crossed up, they get confused about. Our forgiveness and fellowship are permanent truths. They stay in place, in force, because of what Christ has accomplished. They're not dependent upon us or are doing anything. We are in him. If you're saved, he took you out of that and placed you in Christ. We are in him, and that guarantees our salvation and our fellowship with God. Ephesians 1.6, the last part of that verse says, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. We're accepted, why? We're in the son, we're in his beloved. Colossians 2.10, and ye are complete, why, where? In him, that's why we're complete. And because of that, 1 Corinthians 1, 1.9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why we have fellowship. We are in him and we've been called by him. So God now sees us, we who have been saved, he sees us through Calvary. He sees us through the empty tomb. He sees us now... In him. And if Christ's death, burial, and resurrection doesn't make us totally once for all forgiven, always in fellowship with God, what could we possibly do to improve on his work? And I don't believe there's anything we can do. Amen? Yet most of us, year after year, we've heard repeatedly by our church, by our denomination that even after salvation we must confess our sins committed in order to be forgiven and to have fellowship with god i heard that and heard that and i heard that and sometimes it's hard to kick it out of your mind isn't it huh understand paul In 13 books he wrote, and by the way, he wrote to the body of Christ. Paul is our apostle, not the 12. Paul is our apostle. And Paul wrote to the body, he never tells the believer to ever to confess committed sins after they're saved to restore fellowship. Never one time in all his epistles. That's to us. Now, you might confess faith, I understand that, but never a confession of sins to be forgiven. When saved, are not all of our sins forgiven? Then tell me, why is it then necessary to ask for forgiveness for what God has already done? Did he forgive you or didn't he forgive you for everything? That's real simple and clear, I believe. And when I ask him to forgive me again, does that that not create doubt about the sufficiency of Christ's work? Huh? My forgiveness then is dependent upon me. No, it's not. (laughs) It's dependent upon him, that one sacrifice. Romans 4, 7 saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is that man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. (laughs) Thank God I don't have to worry about it any longer. Confession of sins is a performance-based system of conditional favor. If you do this, God will do that. But us who are in grace... There is no conditional forgiveness or favor, but we have fellowship with God because of grace and the gospel, and that has already been accomplished. Amen? Again, think. Since all of our sins have been forgiven, all of them, past, present, future, Colossians 2.13, and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your heart, hath he quickened, he resurrected you, saved you, together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. There is no sin that can affect our fellowship. Again, our fellowship is not based upon our faithfulness, It's based upon God's faithfulness in his satisfaction of his son's sacrifice. Amen? And was he satisfied? (laughs) Jesus on his right hand. He wouldn't be there if the father wasn't. The word confess, it means to make the same declaration. It means to agree. So when you're in prayer, even when we withdraw, We agree with God and his word. Yes, we've sinned. We're sorry that we failed. We know that it was our sin that helped nail him to the cross and you feel bad about that. But we're so grateful and faithful that our sins have already been forgiven because God loves us. It's not for cleansing and forgiveness or for fellowship. Outside of this grace truth, most then say, well, if you believe that, then you can live any old way that you want. You've heard that before. And that's the farthest from the truth. Romans chapter six, verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then he says in verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. There's never any place in a Bible that says you can live any old way that you want. Amen? Or some people say, well, what about 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, remember context, dispensation? John wrote only to the Jewish people. The reason I know that in Galatians 2, 9 we're told that he made an agreement with Peter, James, and John, with Paul, that they would only go to the Jews. Jews only. That's John. They didn't go to any Gentiles. Not one. Jews only. So who would he write to? Jews only. Okay? Not to the body of Christ. You can read James, 1 and 2 Peter, 1, 2, 3 John. There's no mention of Christ's resurrection, salvation by faith alone, or the body of Christ whatsoever. In the context of 1 John, and by the way, let me just say, context is everything when you're studying the scripture. The context is there were some Jews, some Jews who didn't believe in man's original sin nature. They didn't believe that Adam passed his sin on unto his children and especially on down to mankind. They thought, these Jews, they thought being sons of Abraham or just being Jewish, that was enough to be saved. So they rejected Christ, would not admit their sin, said they don't have sin nature so they don't need to be saved that way you know jesus addressed them one time he said in john 8:33 and following they answered him we be abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man how sayest thou ye shall be made free jesus answered them verily verily i say unto you whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin i know that ye are abraham's seed but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Ye are of your father the devil. (laughs) That's pretty good right there, huh? So Christ had already addressed them one time. Now John's addressing these Jews who believe just being a Jew or being of Abraham's seed, that was another. And lo and behold, there was another group of Jews. They were Gnostics. In sense, uh, they believed in Gnosticism. That just means knowledge. They believed they had superior knowledge. And what they believed, they believed that all flesh is evil. And only the spirit in a person, only that spirit was good in man. As a result of that belief, these Jews, they denied Jesus came in the flesh. The flesh is evil. So Christ is not real, and they didn't believe that sin was real. So they didn't have sin. So here's John. He's addressing them all. He shows he was himself. And I witnessed with others that Jesus had come in the flesh and that sin was real and why Christ came. First John 1 John 1.1 says, That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled him. That's disciples speaking about Christ, okay? The word of life, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And then he goes to an explanation of this. Verse 5 and 6. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light And in him is no darkness at all. Now, if we, we Jewish people say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Jesus, or John is saying, you're either in light, which means you are saved and have fellowship with God, or you are in darkness, you're lost, and no fellowship with God. These Jews said they were in fellowship with God, but were living a lie. That meant they were in darkness. Amen? Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John says, if These Jews would walk in the light, believe in Christ. They'd have fellowship with God because their sins would have been forgiven by the blood of Christ. But that would mean they would, for them to do that, to believe that, they would have to admit sin, their sin, that they didn't believe that they had. (laughs) But if they would believe, the blood of Christ would wash them clean. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, these Jews, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. John rebukes, removes their Jewish lineage belief. Their denial to admit their sin was only deceiving themselves and the truth of Christ was not in them. Then you get the next verse, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John says if these Christ denying, sin denying Jews were to confess their sins, agree with God, their sinners, God would be faithful to forgive their sin and bring them into salvation and fellowship with him. Just that simple. That's the context. And the next verse says this, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Jesus says, if we Jews, or John says, if we Jews say we don't have sin, that's saying God is a liar. And if we're saying God is a liar, we're still lost that's the context of 1 John 1, nine, as John deals with these stubborn, sinful, Christ-denying Jews in chapter 1. He goes to his brethren the next chapter. But chapter 1, that's what he's trying to clear up there with them. So today, when we sin, what should we do when we sin? You know, most Catholic churches, they go to confession. They confess to a priest, tell them their sins, and so on, and so on. A lot of Protestants, they criticize the Catholics for doing that. But they do the same thing. They get on their knees, and they ask God to forgive their sins that's supposed to be already forgiven. Hello? Hello? Here's what we do. Number one, we should trust God's promises that we're already forgiven, we are accepted, and have fellowship with him because we're in him. You see, being in Christ, now I have Christ right. I'm in him, and he's in the Father, and so on, Holy Spirit's in me. I'm in there, and when the Father sees me, he doesn't see Jim Devney's sinner. He says he sees Jesus Christ's righteousness covering Jim Devney. He doesn't see me as a sinner because I'm in his Son. And since I'm in his Son, I have fellowship with God Almighty. It's not something I do that causes me to have fellowship. It's because I'm in him that I have fellowship with God. Amen? The second thing we can do, we admit our sin to God, not to be forgiven, but we're sorry. There have been many times in my life I feel like I let the Lord down. I'm sorry about that. But, and by the way, the reason I know I'm sorry about that is because I know it was my sin that helped nail his son to the cross. So what do I do then? I don't need to ask for forgiveness because I thank him and I have a spirit of gratitude. I'm so grateful for what he's done for me. He's forgiven my sin. And so right now, I ask him to strengthen me and give me grace, give me help to be able to put off the sins I've committed and put on godliness in my life. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.22 that you put off concerning the former conversation behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Be, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind through the word of God, and that you put on the new man, which is after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So I ask God to help me. I know that I've sinned, but I'm so grateful I know I'm forgiven, but God, I need your help, I need your strength, I need your grace to be able to put those sins out of my life and to replace them in my walk my behavior my lifestyle my actions of my Christian walk and the way I do that is Galatians 2 20 I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hello? And when I come to that point in my life where I say, God, the most important thing this day, it's a daily battle, isn't it? This day, may Christ be seen in me. That's what I do. And as I begin to do that, I begin to realize I'm putting off the old and I'm putting on the new. You see the problem with confessing of sins our focus is on what we think are our unforgiven sins that's our focus of how we've sinned but if our focus was up on him And his greatness and his love and his forgiveness and all those things, as I begin to focus on that, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. They become less in my life and now there is more godliness in my life. Not perfection, but we're pressing toward to be an honorable vessel for Jesus Christ. And when I'm always focusing on my sins, on my sins, getting forgiveness, getting forgiveness, focus, focus, I'm going to keep sinning. But when I know it's already forgiven and I'm pressing toward Christ, when I'm doing that, that's when I will begin to have some victory in my life. Someone should shout, oh God, why do you love us so? Amen? Do we understand what we have under grace? What a privilege to be saved. I close with this. Somebody said this, and I don't know who said it, but I thought it was good. His blood accomplishment supplements our lack of perfection. His blood is always flowing on heaven's altar. That when a believer sin, It can't stay in or with him because the moment he sins, Christ's blood is so honored in heaven. It constantly flows on the life of a believer to his account, keeping him or her clean and secure always in Christ. Amen and amen. I'm grateful that when God saved me, he forgave me of all my sins. And God doesn't want me to always to allow the devil to use our sins against us, to make us to feel terrible and guilty. We're no good. God loves us. We're secure. We have the right to have fellowship. We just talk to him any time, any time of the day. We have fellowship with God. That sin cannot prevent that. He's my heavenly Father, and no sin can now change that. And I can talk to my Father anytime I want to. Amen? Amen. Anybody excited about anything today? Huh? <laughs> Woo! We have a good God, don't we? Yes. We really do. Father, we love you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for what it does for us. Thank you God that I can call on your name any time because I have fellowship with you. Yes Lord, we fail at times. We feel bad about that. We're even times we sorry about that. But God, we're so grateful and appreciative. We know we're already forgiven. We just need your strength and your help to be able to push on and keep pushing toward Christ so we can be honors of vessels of honor that will honor your name, glorify your name, lift your name up. God, it's all about you. And the more I focus on that, God, the more Christ-like I can live. Help us to see that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net for more information please visit our website or contact us by phone until next week may God richly bless you is our prayer